you want to start? Would you like me to start? Sure. I'll s- that was not an answer to your question because you asked an either <laughs> I or. Asked you an and either I said, or, and you said yes. <laughs> Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And every week we discuss an episode of Stargate, beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? That was weird. I don't know why. When you came in, you came through my computer instead of my headphones. Oh. That was weird. But then you magically came to my headphones. I am magic. <laughs> Kathy knew mattress. Yes. <laughs> That's what, when you were like, oh, it's going to be a little later. I'm like, I might have time to unfurl my mattress. Yay. And I did. It was a... Coconut's also excited for Thank you. Thank you. It was a giant pain, but I did it. Yay. The unfurling wasn't that bad. It was, yeah. I had to take my old mattress off my bed and then I cleaned my like bed frame and everything. And then I had to put together the foundation which was okay, except then I was like, why don't I put that together on the bed frame? And that turned out to be not the best idea, but it eventually worked. And then Good times. And then the mattress. That's exciting. Yeah. I know your your mattress has been miserable for a while. So. Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> Yay. If anyone out there with Casper money and connections uh, needs a, another pod yeah, another podcast to advertise Casper. Yeah. Hey, Casper. Hey. I would like a new mattress also, I've got a and new mattress. I don't want to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, so maybe, maybe throw us some sweet, sweet mattress money <laughs> <laughs> and a mattress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I also immediately, well, I gave it a few minutes, but I then immediately put the waterproof mattress cover on it because <laughs> I did not want the first thing that happened to that bed would to be my cats throwing up on yeah. it. That's fair. Cats are awesome. Don't blame you. Yeah. Have they tried it yet? Do, they, do your cats approve of the new mattress? 13 was on it. Buddy was just starting to venture back into the room after the terror of me taking apart the bed <laughs> and then dragging boxes around the apartment. Oh, yeah. That would be horrifying for Lily also. But then I walked into the room and he got scared that I was going to do more things. So he left again. Oh. <laughs> Poor Buddy. He'll get over it. <laughs> so hard. So hard to be a kitty. It is. Change is the worst. Change is the worst. Cat. What I should have been doing is reading through my notes for this episode. <laughs> because. How long's it been since you watched this? We haven't recorded in a few, a few weeks now since we've had some extra episodes on deck. It was like, oh, <laughs> let me think. That was probably a month or so ago. That we Good times. Did, that we wa- were going to initially do it, and then things happened, and and then didn't. I don't even remember why we didn't, but we had so many other episodes recorded already that it didn't really matter. Now, so I wa- I rewatched the episode for at least the third time. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm the worst. It was probably my fault. If you watched it twice, then it's definitely my fault because I only just watched it today. <laughs> Well, part of it, I think the first time I asked you, I didn't ask you before I just rewatched it and assumed we were going to oh, yeah. recording, but then we had a scheduling conflict 
And then the second time yeah. I was like, no. And then I watched it again. And <laughs> I think part of the issue, too, was my classes all kind of wrapping up and having like tons of finals and final projects to grade and stuff. And then because we had extra ones, I'm like, oh, I will just edit these and we'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. But now here we are. I'm on my break. I am not working. Woo! Because, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I could. I'm going to be doing some tutoring uh, and I actually have a summer class coming up. And thankfully, they've confirmed at both schools that I work at that, uh, at least in theory, I'll be going back to both places, assuming that all of my classes run and they don't have to reassign them to anybody that is full time. Because if you're an adjunct, even if one of the full time professors doesn't get enough enrollment in their class, then what they'll do is they'll drop that class for the full time professor and take one away from one of the adjuncts to give to the full time person. Rawr. So. Yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. I hope not. Me too. Everybody in Connecticut, go study <laughs> biology. <laughs> now that we have specified exactly oh. what state we're in. <laughs> I feel like that probably wasn't a huge getting, surprise. Getting no, it's getting closer and closer. One of these days, we'll probably say exactly where we work and what our last <laughs> names are. But for now, we've, we've, we've hinted that we're in the Northeast and... Yeah. We'll let that expand further to being in Connecticut. But also we talk about Nebco like all the yeah. time. So, yeah. <laughs> it's probably pretty obvious. <laughs> Should we welcome our new FOD friends? Yes. Hello. Even though it's a few it'll be a few weeks ago by the time that this came out, but uh we've had a, we've had a good number of people coming in after our P one aired on one of our favorite podcasts, Greatest Gen, so Hello, friends That's of exciting. DeSoto. And yes, welcome new friends of DeSoto. Uh we don't have a nickname for our followers other than awesome people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome over here <laughs> i think that's a good a good name yeah. for great people who listen to our podcast yeah absolutely thank you so what yes thank you we're glad you're here what are we talking about in today's episode of this show podcast today we do <laughs> <laughs> Today, we are going to be discussing the Stargate SG-1 Season 2. Still getting used Ooh. to saying that. I know, right? Ep Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we're on episode 7. Yes. Message in a bottle. Ooh. So this episode, we start on what I really thought was the moon for a hot minute. Yeah, me too. And <laughs> but it is an alien world that looks very similar to the moon, which Daniel even comments on. And they're walking along in their spacesuits. We can't actually see them. They're at a distance, but we see four figures in spacesuits. They are visiting this planet because they had gotten some sort of signal, even though it's a desolate space planet. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. think I think all planets are, are space planets. <laughs> yes, but I mean it has no atmosphere and no life, oh, no signs oh, of see. life. Sorry, <laughs> you know it looks gotcha. like the moon. <laughs> it does look like the moon. Yes. So they decided to check it out. So that's what they're doing. <laughs> so they are following a signal to. It looks like some sort of. I don't know if it's a room or a room, a building or a cave or something. They go in and find this sphere. The sphere looks like it's on some kind of its own throne. But yeah, it was, uh, I didn't, it kind of reminded me of, like, do you remember the cover for, like, the Little Mermaid DVD or VHS oh, <laughs> back in the day? Vaguely. It reminded me of the castle. Okay. King nice. penis castle. <laughs> <laughs> but, but a little bit less, not quite as phallic as that. 
<laughs> Which one of those was a kids movie and the other one is not. So that's fun. Yeah. So this sphere is the source of the readings that Sam has been picking up. It's very old. It was Sam who said that it's been admitting whatever since Neanderthals were the dominant species on Earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that takes me back. Which I, I can hear Mary uh, thinking uh, things yeah. about that. I am I'm thinking them very loudly. <laughs> Anyway, it's super old. <laughs> yeah, Daniel says like a hundred thousand years or more, but like, how would he even know that just by looking at it? I have, I had a lot of issues with this. Daniel scene, likes but I won't go into too much in logic. Too like, much of a just, diatribe. About just, it. That's just a guess. Like, I don't know he what he's doing. But yeah, a little bit later on in the scene, he's yeah. like, "It's a time capsule for reasons." He also is. Also, mm-hmm. the the writing he sees on it is yeah, so I tiny. I'm not too. sure how he thought it was writing, but hey. Yeah, especially because later, I mean, not much of a spoiler, yeah, but he so says what, that it's so how, small how it can't be seen that? with the naked eyes. Was it just like a design or a pattern <laughs> on the thing? Okay. He jumps to many conclusions. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. I mean, and to be fair, he's a little, I mean, not right about the time capsule thing. Well, kind of, but... Yeah. Spoiler alert. That's getting We're... spoilery. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. I mean, hopefully anyone listening to this will have at least seen it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. Who knows? I wonder how little sense this podcast makes to anyone who hasn't actually seen the episodes we're talking know. about. No, I wonder. I feel like we do a pretty good job of describing the scenes, mm. but or at least yeah, most of them. I think so. But, it, but I'm sure that there's still stuff that people would be like... What the hell? But also, I don't know why anybody who hasn't seen the show would probably be too interested in listening to this anyway. I don't so. know. They're like the people. <laughs> who knows? Well, yeah. Which, why not? If you happen to be one of those kinds of people who likes to listen to this podcast, even though you've never seen the show, let us know. We're interested yeah. to hear what you think and also why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy you're here if you're here, but we wonder why. <laughs> yes. Jack wants to know what the sphere is doing, and so Sam gives her sciencey answer of it's generating heat at thirty-three. It has a thirty-three degree internal temperature and is emitting small amounts of radiation. And it annoyed me the entire episode that they kept using degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> <laughs> it annoyed me so much. Sorry, <laughs> an irrational amount. I realize it's not a rational amount, but I hated it. At least they specified every time, and they didn't just say like the temperature degrees. That's true. But- but ja- that's not what Jack meant by what does it do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that also reminded me of like when I worked at the various aquariums that I worked at, kids would come up to me constantly and ask like, what does that thing do? And they'd be like pointing at a fish. I'm like, it's it's a fish. It lives. They're like, yeah, but what does it do? I'm like, well, <laughs> that's what it does. It swims around and exists. But what does it do? I didn't really <laughs> know what they were looking for, but I would get asked that all the time. Like, it's just a fish. It doesn't do anything beyond like you know eat swim poop and kind of sleep doing the things a fish can uh, you know do do stuff that living things do (laughs) what's he like it's not important fish man (laughs) yep good times good times so they don't think it's a dangerous item at least it doesn't seem to be doing the things it is currently doing 
And then this is when Daniel says he thinks it's a time capsule. And explains that, you know, if the end of the world is coming, you want to leave something behind. And they left this behind on this desolate world that they had no reason to think anyone was going to come back to. Even though they had a... Actually, depending on how old it is, maybe... Well, it has a Stargate on it. So... You yeah. would think they could either leave, or if the Stargate didn't exist, why would anyone put a Stargate on this desolate world? Anyway. Yeah. All good questions. <laughs> anyway, that's not really that important. <laughs> I find them to be good questions. So they, They're just kind of speculating about what might be, what they might have left behind. And, you know, things like how you died, or... Teal'c offers that defeated ghouls leave behind the means to destroy their conquerors. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? You're already destroyed, so hopefully someone else will destroy them. Yay. Yeah. Violence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, violence. Come and see the violence inherent in the system. Help, help. I'm being repressed. Daniel actually even calls it a message in a bottle. I was like... On the nose there, man. Good job. Not before Sam mentions that it's a booby trap and Jack's like, booby. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought Teal'c asked that because he didn't know what that meant. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Well, in either case, Jack's reaction was the same. (laughs) So they conclude that whatever risk there is in taking this item back, it's worth it. Because they might benefit greatly from what they learn from it. Which is basically the whole reason they do Stargate stuff anyway. Right. So they pack it up and as they're getting ready though, it sort of makes a little glow. And do they notice? I don't think so. It doesn't seem Mm. that they do. And I didn't really understand why they didn't notice. Because it did that like as soon as they put it in this box that didn't have a lid on it. So. They should have been able to see that. Yeah, but they didn't. Yeah, and they're taking it home with them, even though it mm-hmm. suspiciously glows. Yep. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, they, they take a lot of suspicious objects, so. They do. At least it's theoretically not quite as radioactive as that other stuff that Daniel <laughs> Daniel took with him a few episodes <laughs> back. Now they're checking for radiation, but before they weren't, apparently. Well, that one worked out fine, so it was, <laughs> that one was fine. All yeah. right. After the credits, we're in the gate room, and SG-1 returns. Jack says that they have the package. As he comes up to Hammond, and he recommends level three precautions. I actually had my closed captions on, which I don't always have on, and I noticed that over the speaker, Walter said that the wormhole is disengaged, but the closed captions called him Paul. (laughs) And I'm like, have we been calling him the wrong name this entire time? So... Even though, like, I've seen this show before, I was sure we were calling him by the right name. I still went and checked IMDb, and he's credited as Walter Harriman. But again, for the entire episode, Netflix closed captions was labeling him as Paul every time that he spoke. So that was I weird. don't know where they get Paul, but they take liberties with those closed captions on Netflix, I've oh, noticed. Oh, yes. Yeah. So- Absolutely. Yeah, there were a lot that didn't necessarily match up. They're like, ah, he doesn't have a name. We'll just call him Paul. It's fine. Yeah. The only reason I bring this up is because now in my head he's Walter. <laughs> and that is forever his name. <laughs> Better than Wall, I guess. <laughs> yes. 
So Sam and Daniel want some analyses done. Sam wants some chemical stuff done. Daniel wants imaging so that he can try to analyze whatever writing might be on the surface. They flash to a close-up of someone heading over to the box to try to take the sphere out. And Jack reports to Hammond that things went smoothly and they agreed to debrief in about an hour. Woo. A little bit later in the lab, the ball is being suspended in some sort of an apparatus and Sam says they can add two more elements to the periodic table now. That's fast. They're- yeah, I know, right? I mean, I am not a chemist, so I can't comment a whole lot on that, but that seemed weird to me as well. But anyway, Sam asks the random person in the background to start recording. Daniel is standing there with her, teasing her about how that random person in the background has this huge crush on her. And then that random guy in the background lets them know that he is already recording and so apparently picked up all of Daniel's teasing about how that guy has a crush on Sam. So he says, oops. Awkward. In the conference room, Daniel is showing off the tiny writing that's so tiny it can't be read by the naked eye unless you're Daniel. One of his many talents is microscope eyes. That's what his glasses are really for. That's why he wears them on his head a lot in this episode, because he doesn't really really need them. Yeah, not for normal vision. It's just when he wants to read super tiny writing. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. When he was studying in school and needed to use the microform readers, he didn't actually need to. He could just hold up the microfilm (laughs) and read directly from the reel or the fiche. Convenient. Yeah. Convenient skill to yeah. have back when microfiche was still a thing. It is still a thing. Is Tell really? me how I know. No. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you tell me how you know. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I have a job where people still use microfilm and fiche. Oh, that's weird. That's weird to yeah. me. I guess for old stuff that hasn't really been archived digitally, I... There's a lot of it, especially like if you're talking about obscure newspapers and that kind of thing where Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of rush to digitize. Yeah. The microfilm is there for you still. Oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's like a newspaper that's not around anymore. They wouldn't be digitizing their stuff because they're not around anymore. There's actually a lot of too, um, when I was was in college a million years ago, (laughs) I was studying probate records from like the 17 and 1800s and those are all on microfilm and i'm imagining there probably still are because again what how much how much how much clamor is there to digitize those i don't know probably not don't imagine (laughs) i I could be wrong we could go to the state library website and like find that they're all on there i haven't checked but (laughs) i wonder if my lawyer sister knows she might she might so Daniel's reading this tiny writing, or talking about reading the tiny writing. That he apparently can't actually read. It's the one language he's ever yeah. found that he doesn't understand. But he still says he thinks it's instructions of some kind to open the thing. Yeah. And he says mm-hmm. it's like hundreds of pages of writing. I want to know what font and size. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good question. <laughs> That's just on the exterior alone. Who knows what's inside? Yeah. Yeah. Hemmen lets them know the NID has some interest in this device, whatever it is, that they don't even know what it is. 
but still they're interested because that's what yeah. the NID does is be interested in things. Yeah. Jack <laughs> Jack and Teal both recommend against sending it out to them because they still don't know where it is. And Teal says it should stay close to the Stargate, which I guess is so they can check it back through at some point if they need to. Yeah. Yeah. But that was my guess. You know, last time they kept something close to the Stargate uh, that maybe they shouldn't. It was a little girl who was going to be a bomb, and they were better right. off taking her away from the Stargate. So who knows? Yes. But anyway, there's no inc- indication at this point that that's going to blow up. Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> Hammond then tells them they're still on to visit a planet P4G881, and Daniel's like, I don't think you need an archaeologist for that one. And Hammond says, too bad. That's your job. <laughs> Do your job, man. You... But he does he does decide to delay the mission for twenty four hours to give them a little bit more time with the sphere. He does. Nice of him to give some concessions at least. Yeah. Back in the lab, the thing is still suspended in his little case and it's got all kinds of wires hooked up to it and Sam is doing X rays on it. Which made me think of the Betts sphere. Have you ever heard of that thing? No. Oh, uh, it's like a big not really crypto crypto archaeology thing it's it's a big if anyone has any idea or doesn't know what i'm talking about it's interesting i can't say that i believe that it is truly alien tech but that is <laughs> i don't believe that's alien tech but but sphere interesting story b-e-t-z sphere you're always talking about how everything's alien what are you talking about i know i listened to astonishing legends and they they talked quite a bit about it ah. it's an interesting story anyway Daniel calls Sam over and starts talking to her about the symbols that are on his screen, and he thinks that it is numbers. And Sam says that if he's right, it looks like it's probably a really big number. And Daniel's like, well, yeah, and I can't use numbers because he's not a numbers guy. (laughs) Jack comes in, and apparently it's already time to go on their next mission. So that 24 hours they were given is almost up. Daniel and Sam are both really surprised to find out how much time has passed already. And Daniel tries to argue that he should be allowed to stay behind. But Jack reminds him that they are a field unit. And so they go do field things. As they're about to leave, an alarm goes off. And this alarm continues to go off for (laughs) quite a while. Like several scenes, quite a while. And was almost headache inducing. The guy that has a crush on Sam says that there's been an EM spike and the temperature has increased in the thing to 40 degrees Fahrenheit. SG-1 is really confused and Sam and Daniel say that, well, they didn't do anything to it, so they don't know what's going on, but Daniel thinks maybe that they've just managed to wake it up. The guy reports that it's now up to 60 degrees and the magnetic field is increased by 600%. Sam says that they really need to return this back to where they got it, like, now. So Jack tells Daniel to go tell the gate room to get ready for that and then the sphere starts to glow Uh oh Uh oh Uh -oh, indeed in the control room daniel delivers the message from jack and him is like on whose orders and daniel says jack and that was not an exciting scene (laughs) no it wasn't (laughs) back in the lab jack and sam are trying to extract the thing but there's a bunch of stuff to unscrew and disconnect and we're told that it's up to 110 degrees now 110 degrees And, of course, that is still Fahrenheit, in case anyone was wondering. Sam thinks that they should go put their suits back on to get ready to go through the gate. But Jack says there's no time. They're just going to chuck it through when the gate is open. Tilk comes up and Jack asks him to help. And then four spiky spears 
pop out of the sphere, only extending out a few inches, so nobody's hurt, but they realize that, yeah, this is bad, and Tilk says it doesn't look like it wants to be removed, but Jack says, too bad, and they kind of try to put a move on and, and hurry with their removal yeah. attempts. Yeah. Yeah. So they're rushing through the halls, and the gate is dialing as they're going. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that they had to have things on their hands? Because apparently now the thing is too hot to Oh, no, I actually didn't hands. notice that. I should have. Oh, yeah. That was silly of me not to notice that. <laughs> I'm going to punish myself. <laughs> That's rational. <laughs> no dessert. <laughs> oh. I don't have any dessert anyway, so it's really not that much of a That's punishment. Right. I have nom discs, which is what we call cookies because we can't use that C-O-O-K-I-E word when the dogs are around, but they're actually not in here, which is why I'm able to say what that means. Cookie. (laughs) Cookie. Me want nom disc. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yes. Me too. Yep. So Jack and Teal get to the gate room and are waiting, I think, for the gate to still open when <laughs> the item pops another spike and drives it into the ground. Inconvenient. And more into the wall. And Sam's like, you gotta get out of there. And then one of the spikes goes right through Jack's shoulder and yeah, pushes him all the way against and then pins him to the wall. Several feet off the ground, yeah. it's worth mentioning, yeah. too. <laughs> like, he's being suspended off of the floor. Teal barely gets away, too, because some more spikes yeah. have come out, and that thing does not want to go anywhere. And no, it's not. <laughs> um, nope. Sure not. Yeah. They're working on getting a security and a medical team down there. Teal tries to pull the spike out, but that's not going anywhere. And then Jack's like, kill it! Kill it! <laughs> So Tilk disappears to go find a weapon, and Heaven orders the Stargate shut down, and there's a dramatic close-up of the device. And then we pan over to Jack writhing against the wall. Oh my yeah, god. Seems very unpleasant. Yes, yes. He does seem to be, in, he he does good with seeming to be in lots of pain. Yeah. yeah. Tilk runs and gets a staff weapon. Oh, you know what? I think the first time I was like, what does he say? Where does Tilk just run away to? What's going on? Uh, yeah, because Jack told him <laughs> yeah. to kill it. So Tilk ran away to get a weapon. Yeah. Sam, Daniel, and Hammond rush to the gate room. Hammond orders them to get something to support his legs because I guess just mm-hmm. dangling from your spike is not the best thing. Not so much. Fraser shows up and she's not sure why there's not more trauma and blood. I'm yep. pretty happy there's not, because I don't want to see that. <laughs> the, vi- the device is still super hot and getting hotter, I think, still at this point. Jack's like, where is Tilk? And then Tilk does arrive, and Jack insists Tilk shoot the device. Hammond orders everyone out of the room before Tilk fires. And Sam thinks this is not a good idea, because we don't know anything about this thing. And what if the energy from the weapon just transfers to O'Neill. And Hammond's like, yeah, I have no your objection, but we're going to do this anyway. So Teal shoots the sphere a couple of times, I think. Yeah. Hammond just basically was like, objection noted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then doesn't do anything about it. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it does appear the sphere just absorbs the energy. 
Mm-hmm. So Teal'c's like, this weapon isn't effective. I shall try another. And <laughs> Sam says, no. Don't know where the energy's going. Don't know what the thing is. How about we stop? Him and orders them to get a torch to cut through the thing. Sam thinks that that is also a bad idea because it's a hundred times stronger than steel. Which, again, way to go, guys. I feel like these are things you learned real quick. I don't know. I know, right? So Those non-terrestrial alloys that they've just discovered. <laughs> they know all about yeah. them. So Jack's got to hang tight while they figure this one out. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> nope. I mean, all the pun intended, but, you know. In Hammond's office, Hammond is on the gray phone, not the red phone, I noticed. So we don't know exactly who he's talking about. Although we've already learned that he doesn't always talk to the president on the red phone anyway. So really doesn't matter. Anyway, he's saying that he doesn't care what Mayborn wants and that the SGC is on lockdown until the object is back where it came from. And he hangs up and tells Sam and Daniel that the NID people want to see it. And Sam's like, even after what it's done to the colonel? And Daniel's like, well, of course, especially after what it's done to the colonel. Hammond says that they're hoping that it's some kind of weapon, but he doesn't have any answers. Daniel's all crestfallen and is like, I wanted it to be something wonderful. And Hammond's like, well, there's no need to apologize because we bring shit back from all over the place all the time. (laughs) It's about time something came back and snapped us in the ass. Sam says that they collected a lot of data before it hit the fan because, you know, they can't swear like we can. That's right. Shit. Oh, my God. (gasps) Censor it. Delete. Delete. Uh, (laughs) And so Hammond orders them to get to it and then officially calls in his lockdown and says to initiate wildfire. Wildfire. Basically meaning that anything that try anything or anyone that tries to get in or out dies. <laughs> we have learned in previous episodes, yeah. if anyone forgot. Yeah. Yes. And then we get a scene of things locking down and a voice saying that a level four quarantine is now in effect and they are switching to internal power and life support. Down in the gate room, Siler <laughs> is has got a blowtorch on the spear's spear through O'Neill. Teal'c and Fraser are hanging out by Jack. He has a f- big fever. He's burning up. And Fraser is giving him antibiotics because his fever is caused by an infection. Thank you for that. I actually had no idea. I was like, maybe maybe the heat from the sphere is giving him lots of heat. Who knows? That's <laughs> what I had thought, too. You have a warm thing embedded in your arm that would make sense but yeah young man with a crush on sam is in the (laughs) control room and reports that the artifact's internal temperature has is 149 degrees fahrenheit (laughs) thank you (laughs) no problem (laughs) teal goes over to mr blowtorch who is siler and he tells him his project progress is unsatisfactory (laughs) and then made me giggle and he says that this is the hardest stuff he's ever seen he can't go any faster and suddenly Teal'c's like okay I won't delay you any further I won't bother you anymore (laughs) Teal'c's pretty great like that you know he just somebody tells him something he just takes it as face value 
There's a lot of people in this country who would be like, I want to talk to your manager. I know you can do this faster. Uh, yep. <laughs> well, you know, he's not from here. Yes. <laughs> and it does indeed look like the spear is not much damaged yet by this blowtorch. It really looks like yeah. the metal's just a little discolored. Yeah, it looks like he's gotten nowhere. In the meeting room, Sam and Daniel are briefing a team of people that are going to help them with the scientific analysis and the translation of that writing. Some random guy is like, so what we're dealing with is a weapon? And Sam says, that's quite an assumption and says that they just need to get to work. Frazier comes in and Sam asks how Jack's doing. She tells Sam that he has the infection and that they are pumping him full of antibiotics. And amazingly, it's slowing the progression. And Sam says, why is that amazing? And my first thought was, well, because it's from an alien planet. But apparently that's not why it's amazing. <laughs> Fraser says, you need to see this. So they head down to the lab. As they go into the lab, Fraser tells Sam that it's mobile like a bacteria, even though there are plenty of bacteria that are not motile. And it's small like a virus, even though there are actually some viruses that can be quite large, but most are, most are very small. And it's slightly radioactive. Got nothing to say about that, do you? I have nothing else to say about any of that. (laughs) It's definitely extraterrestrial, and they seem to bond in chains. They look at the thing on a screen, which shouldn't be possible with the technology they had of the day. (laughs) And Sam says, is that what's infecting the colonel? Frazier says that that's why I wanted you to see it, because this is from his uniform, not even from his living tissue. So apparently it is infecting inorganic material as well as it actually affects living tissue. And Sam's like, well, you said it's slightly radioactive, right? So she asks a random guy. Is this the guy? This is the same guy that had the crush yes, on her, right? I think so. Yeah. So so she asks crush guy, we used UV when we tested the iris's structural integrity, right? And Crush Guy agrees and gets up, picks up a phone, and orders a whole bunch of UV lights to be sent to the gate. Some folks are wheeling in metal cone thingies, which I guess are the UV lights. Yeah. Giant ass yeah, UV they're lights. Big. Into the gate room. They're quite big. <laughs> yes. They've got big metal cones in the gate room. Mm-hmm. And Sam and Crush Boy go to watch. I'm just going to call them different names every time. So they turn the lights off in the gate room and turn on the UV lights. And then everybody doubles over in pain and grabs their eyes because no one's wearing eye protection. <laughs> but somehow that's not what happened. Oh. <laughs> Sam and Fraser are just kind of standing in awe from the control room staring at some glowy lines running through the room through the wall i mean these are really big uv lights yeah. that you brought in. <laughs> the, yes things are glowing. there's lots of glowing things like i think o'neill's head is glowing a little the spikes mm-hmm. are glowing the sphere you know everything's glowy well not literally everything but there's a lot of glowing happening yeah in a different way than the glowy eye syndrome yes and Sam says, we've got a bigger problem than we thought. And uh, Crush Boy asks, what's happening to me? <gasps> and we see that his hands also have glowy veiny on him. I, <laughs> that was, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's got some problems. 
<laughs> he does quite, yeah, little glowy, glowy tendrils yeah. all over his hands. Thank you. That's a way better way of putting that. I was, my brain was just not words. <laughs> <laughs> quite all right. That's what I'm here Thank for. Thank you. Of course. In the meeting room, Sam tells Hammond that this thing can eat through any substance, including concrete. And Hammond's like, this whole place is made of concrete. <laughs> Sam's like, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, obviously. <laughs> Captain Obvious, thank you. General Obvious. <laughs> Sam says, even worse, it likes the wiring, so it's going to affect our mainframe pretty soon. And Hammond asks how they kill it. So Fraser says that they sprayed all around the mainframe with a pesticide, and surprise, that didn't work. <laughs> wow, who'd have thought? So she's giving everyone tetracycline to try to keep things at bay, since that's what they're giving to Jack, and it seems to be helping. They're using it prophylactically, even on people that haven't been infected yet. But then she starts to say that she needs more, and Hammond's like, nope. Nothing in or out, and Fraser starts to continues to try to argue. But Colonel Sibbins has a really bad infection, and he is allergic to tetracycline. And apparently, nothing that she has in the lab is good enough to really help. And Hammond doesn't care. He says, "Don't make me repeat myself," which is really callous. But at the same time, like you can understand, yeah. like he doesn't want this getting out and possibly infecting the whole planet. So one person to sacrifice compared to everybody. The needs of the many. Indeed. So Fraser angrily goes back to the infirmary and Hammond asks Sam for an honest assessment of whether or not they can beat the thing. And Sam tries to be optimistic and is like, well, like the colonel says, never give up. Never surrender. <laughs> By Grabthar's hammer, I shall avenge you. But she's not sure. Hammond says that maybe it's time to start evacuating people through the gate, but Sam says that they would just bring the stuff with them to wherever they went, and then eventually they would run out of supplies and antibiotics, and they'd basically be screwed at that point. Hammond says, well, even if we just bought them a few days, maybe they'd figure out some kind of a solution, but Sam points out that they don't even know what would happen with the orb if they tried to activate the gate again. So he agrees that they're going to hang tight, make their stand there, and hopefully things will be okay. Fingers crossed. Back in the gate room. Nice little transition here from there to the gate was room. Was there? I missed it. Oh, Hammond looked out at the gate room and then they showed him looking out the window and then panned down the wall that was oh. covered in glowy tendrils. Very nice. Yeah. In that glowy tendril room, the blowtorch is still blowtorching the sphere. Spear. Mm -hmm. The sphere spear. Jack wakes up and Teal'c is still there with him and he says, it's hot. And Jack's like, why do I have blistering sunburns <laughs> when I'm in a dungeon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and ow, why can't I see? <laughs> I need your eyes anyway. It's fine, O'Neill. <laughs> Teal'c tells him he it's hot because he has a fever. And Teal'c also shares that his symbiote seems to be completely protecting him from the effects of this whatever must be nice Teal's uh <laughs> junior doesn't even have to uh worry about you know skin cancer or anything yeah he just yeah. protects him from everything right jack tells teal he can go and teal says undomesticated, undomesticated equines could not remove me and jack goes <laughs> to correct him and say wild horses and he realizes that teal was actually telling a joke <laughs> Which I'm not sure how he could tell because Teal'c's face was very deadpan, but 
It yeah. was. But he had like the tiniest hint of yeah. smile. It was adorable. It was very, yeah, it was good. So Tilk's not going anywhere. Then Siler says he's just about through the spear. Ooh. And then once he's made this announcement to the others, the spike's like, oh shit. And it moves further into the wall. <laughs> That's what you think. <laughs> so that the part that he was almost through is now through Jack. Yep. He's gonna have to start again and if he wants to do that. <laughs> yeah, they're basically back where they yeah. started. In the lab, Dan and Samuel Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel and Sam. There we go. In the lab, Daniel and Sam are still trying to figure out what all of the stuff on the surface of the sphere meant. And they're talking about how if the symbols are numbers, so what do they mean? And they seem to be possibly representing exponential growth. Sam thinks maybe that that's the growth pattern of the alien organism because it seems to be spreading following an exponential curve. Daniel says, all right, well, a curve until what then? Until we die? So why even bother saying that? So Sam's like, well, I guess we just keep looking. In the infirmary. Frazier is tending to Crush Guy. He's like, if you see Sam. But Frazier interrupts and says, well, Sam's going to come down eventually for her booster and I will send her over. Aw. Yeah. That was a really pointless scene. <laughs> but I guess we just really need to know that this guy's got a crush on Sam. Back in the lab, Sam realizes that Tilk's staff weapon really did feed the thing. And asks the rando that is there with her if the CO2 levels have been going up. And he says that they have, but that the scrubbers are handling it. Sam likens it to fire. You add energy and fuel and it burns hotter and longer, but it needs oxygen. And the guy is like, well, so do we. But Sam thinks that she might have an idea for how they're going to slow things down, at least. Then screens all over the lab start freaking out. So apparently the infection has reached the computers, finally. Sam tells him to keep working and runs out and he sits down at the computer and seems to be going back to work. But like the computers are completely unusable now because of what's happening with the screens. So I don't really know what he was trying to he's accomplish. He's probably going to mash there. the keyboards a little bit. Maybe he's going <laughs> to blow inside it. You know. Yeah. Maybe he'll try turning it off yeah. and on again. I don't know. Hello, IT. All of those options. Mm-hmm. <laughs> blow inside of it. <laughs> It's not a Nintendo cartridge. <laughs> Are you sure? Nintendo was obsolete already, even when this was happening. <laughs> was it? Were they on GameCube already? I don't know. Uh, I had a. I don't. Know. I can't remember. I. I yeah. I. It's been a long time since I've <laughs> played a Nintendo. I mean, they were at least on the Super Nintendo, yeah. if not possibly by the. They've got to be at least on then. the Super Nintendo. I feel like I was playing that in the high school or something oh they were yeah. for sure on super yeah. nintendo by then but whether or not it had been i think that they were i think it was gamecube yeah. by then but i don't we know we never we never we never had the gamecube in my house so we didn't either which is why i don't really know i have nothing i have no frame of reference for gamecube so yeah anyway <laughs> yeah sam's in the halls jogging in the dark i thought you said dogging i was like what <laughs> she's jogging Yes. J j jogging in the dark. Yes. The lights are off, but the elevators are working. That's handy. 
So she gets in yeah. one, but oops, actually, it's not actually working. Yeah, it stops. shocking. Yeah. She ran by a guy who's like, oh, it just ate through this steam pipe. And she's like, I'm going to get on that elevator. Yeah. It seems safe. Sure. After she had just left all those computers that were glitching out. Yeah. She's trapped there, but Daniel is conveniently yeah. standing outside the elevator where she stops and uses yeah. an axe to pry the doors open. And conveniently, she's at just the right yeah. level. To just be able to, like, waltz right off. Some goo is oozing. That's fun. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oozing out of the control yeah, panel. Yep. So she runs on. Teal'c is blowtorching ran- a random wall. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Just, he's just... Or I guess the wall's not random. It's a ra- it's a wall in the gate room. He's <laughs> he is Yeah, he is aiming it at the glowy tendrils. Yeah. <laughs> but just, like, what are you doing? <laughs> so Sam reaches Hammond in the control room and observes Teal'c doing this and says he needs to stop. And Hammond's like, why? It's working. And she explains that it's only working because the fire is consuming the oxygen, which is causing there to be, what, more CO2 and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she says it, she tells him it feeds on energy and to trust me. And he does. So Teal'c mm-hmm. stops his fire. So she explains further that the infection needs oxygen to reproduce, so she suggests adjusting the CO2 levels mm-hmm. and lowering the oxygen levels to try to slow the growth. Hemin says, do it. Walter, or Paul, Walter, if you will, Walter. says, sir, you have to see this. And then we get a computer screen. And a voice letting us know the auto-destruct has initiated. Oops. Yes. So. That sucks. Yeah. That's that's their fail-safe that if the containment has been breached, the auto-destruct turns on in order to destroy the facility so that whatever's going on in there does not reach anywhere else on Earth. Sam says they need to stop this. And Hammond's like, but it's our duty to make sure it doesn't leave the mountain. But she's like, no, but it feeds on energy. And doing this is going to allow it to overrun the Earth. (laughs) And they try to turn it off, but the computer being broken and eaten by this thing no longer recognizes their code. So they have, oops, fortunately, the auto-destruct gives them three hours of time to work on this. Yes. And then there's dramatic music, and they look worried. What? They do. In the gate room, Jack is blaming himself for bringing the object back, but Teal'c says that risks need to be taken to defeat the gold and that Jack did the right thing. In the infirmary, Sam and Fraser are talking, and reducing the oxygen levels slowed the spread by 90%. But in an anaerobic environment, the thing just goes dormant anyway, so they're not actually killing it. They're just kind of buying themselves more time. <laughs> Fraser asks Sam to go see her little little crush crush guy and tells Sam that he's really not doing so good. So Sam obliges. And the crush guy is pretty delirious, but she does tell him to keep fighting and hang in there. And he says he just wanted to tell her how much... But then he clears his throat and asks how he's doing, and Sam's like, eh, you're fine. Everything is awesome. And then he passes out. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. And then she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And in the lab, Daniel is staring at one of the non-functioning screens, supposedly getting some kind of meaning 
out of it, but I don't know how. And then he yells, come here. <laughs> Some guy in the background is like, who? <laughs> and Daniel says, anybody. Anyway, come here. I just thought it was really funny. <laughs> so that same guy goes over. And there's this big symbol now that's taken up the entire screen. Daniel recognizes it as one that is on the artifact. So he jumps to another conclusion to mean that the thing is trying to talk to them. Ooh. Yeah. In the meeting room, Daniel has headed over to report to Sam and Hammond. And Hammond's like, okay, great. What's it saying? Daniel's like, I have no idea. (laughs) Helpful. (laughs) But he says the point is that they are trying to communicate. And they hadn't considered the fact that whatever this thing is, this infection, that it could actually be an intelligent being of some sort. Sam says that they should increase the oxygen and hit it with the staff weapon a few times to make it stronger then. And Hammond is really not pleased (laughs) that now she wants to do the exact things that she was saying that they shouldn't do before. And that seems like a huge risk. Just because it's intelligent and trying to communicate doesn't mean that it's not immediately going to try to kill them once they give it the oxygen and energy that it needs. So that seemed like a bad idea to me. In any case, that's what they go with. So here we are. (laughs) I guess they have nothing else to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they in the gate room i guess they go to look at the item while continuing their conversation because yeah. why not <laughs> it seemed yeah. pointless i noticed that <laughs> sam says what if it can only communicate after it reaches critical mass so they're basically rehashing what they just said right right <laughs> so daniel's like i probably won't be able to tell what they're saying anyway and sam sort of has a thought that maybe jack didn't just accidentally get speared to a wall that perhaps it did it on purpose in order to find a way to communicate with people so she thinks they should cut off O'Neill's antibiotics Teal's like he's gonna die and she says she is sure that Jack would want them to try this so they're gonna try to communicate through Jack and Sam thinks they've been trying to do that all along Oh my goodness, and they've just been ignoring it. I know. First, they didn't think crystals could talk, and now they don't think an infection can talk. They're so small-minded. <laughs> so a little bit later, Sam is holding Jack's hand and explaining the plan to him, even though he's really delirious and barely conscious at this point. She takes out his IV, and Tilk fires at the orb several times. It really should have been a medical professional remi- removing that <laughs> IV, and they should have had some, like, gauze or but something. But then they wouldn't have whatever. had the moment where she was holding his hand, and he kind of, like, responds. <sighs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. I know. So they fire at it a couple times. Not a whole lot happens, except for that Jack's heart stops. And everyone looks around like, oops. But then Jack lifts his head, and in an alien voice says, good morning, campers. Good morning. My <laughs> morning principal sibling. <laughs> That's my. I don't have a good alien voice for these alien people. No. It's like multiple voices speaking at once, and I'm not talented enough for that. Not that, not that my old voice is talented either. <laughs> good morning, cappers. Good morning, cappers. That's not what it sounds like at all. Good 
Morning, campers. Anyway. <laughs> Sam's like, Colonel? And Alien Jack is like, yes, he's here. Hammond wants to know who they're talking to. Jack is like, we are also here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jack says, you woke us and then tried to return us to our formal world. But we can't let that happen. The team argues that they were just trying to understand the thing and they were afraid that it meant them harm and that it was trying to destroy them. Alien Jack says, well, your fear would have destroyed us millennia ago. Our world was dying, so we couldn't live there anymore. And we created this orb. And Daniel's like, and you slept for 100,000 years. Because apparently his initial guess was spot on. (laughs) They waited 100,000 years for someone to take them through the gate. Alien Jack confirms, so it was written on the orb. Once in the atmosphere of a living world, they went forth and multiplied. So it was also written on the orb. And he says they can't go back where they came from. And Hammond's like, well, we can't let you stay. And Alien Jack confirms that actual jack agrees with that assessment but there don't seem to be any alternatives and ham is like well this place is going to be destroyed by a huge explosion and alien jack is like yeah and that's going to be great because then we'll multiply even more and consume your whole world (laughs) hammond's like well at least let us have our communications back so that we can stop that from happening (laughs) like why (laughs) the alien thing just said that it would be great so what motivation would it have to actually do that Hammond. I guess he's just banking on them not just being callous assholes <laughs> who don't yeah, care. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So Alien Jack says that O'Neill desires that to happen as well. He doesn't want the explosion to happen either because he wants to live. But Alien Jack wants to know what of us. And then Daniel remembers that, oh my goodness, so conveniently... P4G881, the planet they were supposed to go and explore but then never did, is a primordial planet. So, of course, that is the absolute perfect place to send this wow thing. Who would have thought? What are the Amazing. odds? Amazing. What are the odds? Right? So, Jack doesn't really respond. Alien Jack or regular Jack, neither one, really responds to this. His head falls and everything shuts down. Walter says everything just shut down. The auto self-destruct starts counting down again. So Walter calls down to them that the computers are rebooting. Huzzah! They start to dial out and the orb starts to retract the spears. Now that Jack is no longer impaled through the shoulder, he is able to get up and climb down the ladder that they'd given him to sit on. And the self-destruct is continuing to count down. As Jack goes over to the orb, the spears retract all the way into it. And he picks it up before it falls, and the thing is glowing, and he carries it up to the gate, and then when the event horizon appears, he gently passes it through, and then just stiff falls backwards. (laughs) Like, not even collapsing, just like, goes rigid and falls back. And that must have hurt, because he wasn't just falling flat back, he was falling back onto a ramp that was, like, below level. Ow. Yeah, that would have hurt, especially because that metal looks painful to fall on. Anyway, with the computers conveniently functioning again because, you know, the the controls of the elevator were turning into literal goo, but these computers are fine. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Magic. They only melted the things they didn't care about. I don't. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, I don't... Yeah, apparently. Oh. 
Tilk and Daniel and Sam all go to Jack and help him up. He sits up and tells them nice work. Apparently he's just fine, <laughs> despite what should be a gaping wound in his yeah. shoulder. I don't know. Sam tells him that we thought you were gone for good. But Jack says, wild horses, Captain. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think uh, the young man with the crush on Sam survived? I don't know that we've ever seen him again after this. I no so <laughs> I don't know the point mark. of his character. And I don't know the answer to that question either. <laughs> just, just to have more stakes. But you don't know what yeah. the consequences of the stakes were. Because we never, right. we don't revisit that. Yes. Hey, you know this guy that you don't care about? We're going to try to make you care about him unsuccessfully and then never bring him back again. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> did you like the episode? I actually don't think I liked it that much. Yeah. I I don't know how much of this is influenced by the fact that I've seen it a few times, but I found it, even though I feel like they tried to make it seem high stakes, it was kind of boring. Mm. Um, there were good moments. There were moments that I really liked, like Tilk and Jack were really had really good moments, and I thought it was uh, really funny when Sam and Daniel uh, were talking about what's his face, and he could hear them, and that was very <laughs> <Yes>. funny. <laughs> but the episode itself, I felt, was kind of weird because they talk about how it's not the first time they brought stuff through the gate, yeah. but they sort of treat it like it was, like oh, sometimes it's gonna, it's, or it's, or even that it's the first time a bad thing has happened. Although maybe this is the first time they've deliberately brought something back that then backfired on them. Yeah, he's like, if something finally snapped us in the ass. But like, no, that's happened a yeah. bunch of times, though. So yeah. I was like, haven't they kind of been saying this from the beginning? It it just... Isn't that the whole point of the episodes with Kinsey? Yeah. Like, talking about how they keep bringing back bad stuff and almost destroying the planet? Yeah. I So it was... Not to defend Kinsey, yeah. but... So it was a little bit weird to me that this episode existed in the, at least that part of it. Yeah. I, I thought it was good. It was nice to see more non-humid looking aliens, which is always mm -hmm. a good thing on TV shows since it's pretty yes. easy to just make all the aliens look like humans since all the humans Stark. are actors <laughs> who are acting in the show and we don't really have yeah. non-humans to act in these alien shows. <laughs> We don't? I mean, we, I guess we could... Oh, there was an episode. Oh, did you see the episode of... Um... Oh, there's a really old episode of the original series where they put a various obvious costume on a dog. I was just wondering if they never <laughs> used dogs. I I don't know if I've seen it was, that one. It was like just one scene and they were just talking about it in passing. Like it didn't have a huge role, but I thought it was hilarious because it was a dog in a dragon costume. <laughs> and they're like, we have this alien. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why did you people put me in this? <laughs> I don't remember which episode it is, but it's great. They also, like, they didn't learn anything from this these, these aliens. There's no new technology they acquired. No. They just rescued an alien species from their dead world and put it on a new one, which good, yeah. good for them. I don't know. We'll probably never see them again because they live on a primordial planet of oxygen and light or whatever. <laughs> and they probably have no reason to go back there. Right. If it's primordial, I don't imagine they have much reason to be there. So I, I guess I didn't really like it that much. It was f okay. I liked it for the most part. I thought it was, it was pretty fast-paced, which I appreciate. I actually didn't find it to be too boring because I thought it was pretty fast-paced and I thought it was a bit more... 
thought it was kind of exciting. Okay. Personally, so how dare you disagree? I know. It actually weird that I'm the one who's like it was boring since you are much more about the action generally. <laughs> I am the one with no attention span. So yeah. <laughs> so I enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, I liked the interactions between Jack and Teal'c. I thought that that was very sweet. Yeah. And yeah, that guy, the guy that had a crush on Sam, I thought that was pointless and didn't really understand why that guy was in there. <laughs> Obviously, I had some issues with some of the science that I, <laughs> I didn't even talk about some of the issues I had because again, I'm trying to not do that all the time. I did not like the end though. I thought the end was just like, just too easy. Like, Everything, I, I thought, you know, it was pretty high stakes because, like, literally the base is being eaten, a uh, not eaten alive, really, but literally the base is being eaten by this thing. And, like, everything is shutting down. Everything is being impacted. But then the computers are fine. As soon as the organism decides to let go of its grip, like, they're not actually affected at all. And they're able to easily shut down. Did I even say that they were able to easily shut down the auto-destruct? Um, I can't remember. But yeah, they, I mean, they, they easily <laughs> I shut it down. This. But they did do it with only one second left. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, they were able to pretty easily, even though there's only one second left, they were able to just type the self-destruct sequence, the canceling sequence in for the self-destruct. And so, like, the fact that everything just came right back online with no no after effects at least to the computer systems after they were like literally being melted and turned into goo and barely functioning yeah. that annoyed me that it was just that simple of an ending <laughs> so i liked the episode but it was too anticlimactic for me and it annoyed me because yeah, of that i can understand that yeah one thing that i was reading online that i mentioned to you because we both then read the book or are reading the book or will be reading the book mm -hmm. those are all the options <laughs> um is that i was one of the one of the wikis i was reading said that this had i'm gonna call it hint of andromeda strain the michael Crichton book or oh, they actually yeah. said movie but mm -hmm. i the read book is yeah better. i haven't read i haven't watched any of the andromeda strain movies or i think there's even a series i, I, I read the book though I, it had been a long time though I read the book a long time ago, and I'm rereading it now because you just finished rereading it and gave it to me. <laughs> that one's a slow burn, too. It's not, like, super... It it's really compelling, but not super exciting, so I don't know what my problem was with this episode. I'm broken. <laughs> well, yes, but that's besides But it, it's really just hint of, like, they didn't... It's not based yeah. on it or anything, but, like, the name of the installation mm -hmm. in that, that book is Wildfire, and... Both the organism in the novel and this alien species grow by the addition of adding energy, basically, mm -hmm. and they auto just. I mean, like technically everything. Yeah, well, yeah, that. but like you know, <laughs> but yeah, they're gonna grow explanation. It's a premise, yeah, yeah. and that they specifically. And mentioned. both the auto destruct automatically activates when you know containment's breached and must be shut down, or else the world is going to have problems. Yeah. So those are. It's just a hint. A hint, yeah. a hint of the string. Yeah. A taste, if you will. A touch. Yes. A pinch Maybe. sprinkled on. Just a, just a tad, a sprinkle. But yeah, yeah, so I thought that was interesting, and it gave me an opportunity yeah. to reread that book, which I haven't read in probably 15, 20 years, so. Yeah. It was oh, yeah. I am enjoying it. I haven't, I've only gotten like a couple chapters in, but I enjoy it. I hope it you're... Quite. It's like, I, know, I remember it's a little bit slow to get into, too, but it yeah. gets yeah. more interesting but a lot of michael Crichton books are like that true I feel. 
I hope you enjoy the yellowing pages of the trade paperback I gave you that is at least yeah. 20 years old. Oh, yeah. I did check. It's from 1993. Nice. Yeah. I also wrote a phone number in the front of that that I have no idea what it's for. <laughs> I that too. I, I was like, oh, it's Kathy's But I don't know what I it's. What I don't know is. what it is. And I tried Googling the phone number <laughs> and also whatever it says, Georgia something. I was like, why would I write this in this book? Yeah. I have That's no random. idea and nobody really cares, but I just wanted to. Sorry. I care. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. When this episode comes out, I'll take a picture of it and post Yay. it. Yay. Maybe someone will know. It, I have. Maybe book, someone so. will yeah, recognize maybe. that phone maybe. number and the name of whatever that was. I wrote the phone number down to. You can make a meme with it for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Someone tell me. <laughs> so what is next? Next. On our Stargate SG One journey. Please hold. <laughs> next we have stargate sg1 season 2 episode 8 family teal's mentor arrives through the stargate with shocking news the gold apophis survived the destruction of a ship and kidnapped teal's son what jesus man Fuck you, Apophis. Seriously. You should have died in that fire. Oh, I think I hate this episode. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yes, he should have. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I hate this episode. Oh, good. I don't... I vaguely remember. I think they go to Tulak. That's about all I recall. Yeah. Not surprisingly, it's very centric on Tilt's kid. (laughs) Who's not really that little anymore in this. Right. Well, as always, thank you for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to us on whatever your podcast app of choice is so that you'll get our episodes as soon as they are released, or you can find us on YouTube. Reviews and likes are greatly appreciated because they help others to find the podcast, and word of mouth is very appreciated too. So if you like the show, please tell your friends. You can reach us via email at stargatesing at gmail.com. We've got plenty of memes and fun stuff happening on Twitter and Instagram and also on Patreon. So if you want to get some cool patron-only access, you can sign up for patreon.com slash stargatesing to help contribute financially to the show. And you can also find our website at stargatesing.space. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing. The end. The end. Siler's got a blowtorch on the spear. Yes, the spear. Oh, my God. Sphere and spear. I was just having a moment where I was like, did I say sphere? But I meant spear. Sphere, spear. Sphere, spear.